the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Dr. Beth is the author of the best-selling book, The Female Fat Solution, the creator of the 12-week Female Fat Solution Challenge, and the host of the Female Health Solution Podcast. She has made it her mission to change the way women view their health, traveling the country to educate and empower women to take their health into their own hands. She uses nutrition to help women work with a natural cycle of their bodies to achieve lasting weight loss results. Welcome, Dr. Beth. Hi, guys. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Great. We're so happy to have you on the podcast. We're excited also that we were able to be on your podcast. Like Alex mentioned, you have the Female Health Solution podcast. So our episode is coming soon. So yeah. Woo. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, and and thanks for, you know, hosting, hosting me on yours. It's so funny. Whenever I hear somebody read my bio right now, I'm like, I'm not traveling right now. I swear. (laughs) I'm I'm being good. I'm staying home. You don't want people to come for you. Yeah. Right. Right. I swear. I've been doing all the things. Right. No. Yeah. We know you're staying put at your house right now. Mm -hmm. You are. Can you tell everybody where you are? Oh yeah. So I live in Minneapolis. Um, So we have been, I think since March 13th have been on the stay at home thing. And, you know, I have three kids. Um, they are 14, 12 and 10 now. So, and they've not been in school since then. And, you know, no more school the rest of the school year. So you're homeschooling right now. So you're ba- balancing homeschooling, <laughs> being a wife, a mother, trying to run the podcast, your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How has yes. that been? Um, Rough, right. It's, it's not ideal, but I, I actually feel really lucky. I don't have to do that much for their school. I just get them going in the morning. The teachers that they have are pretty amazing. So they, I just have to make sure that they log on and do their stuff and that they, I I have one that always forgets to hit submit Mm -hmm. on her homework. She'll do the stuff. And then uh, the next day I get an email. This was not completed. I'll be like, dude, you didn't turn it in. I did too. She'll pull it up. Oh, I didn't, I didn't press the submit button. (laughs) Well, just there you go. Right. So, so I don't have to do a ton other than sort of, you know, uh, it's like herding cats kind of just <laughs> cats. keeping them corralled. I don't have to do the things too much. Um, but every now and then they ask me a question and I'm like, I don't, I don't know my, so my 10 year old, she's like, mom, why don't they have primary colors? How can, how come you can't make a primary color? And I'm like, cause it's a, it's a primary color. That's like the definition, but Why? <laughs> We don't know why. I don't know why. Why? 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 She's right though. Why? Why? Right? Yeah. And now I'm like, is this a philosophical debate? Do we get it? And I was like, why can't you ask me a question question on like anatomy or physiology or something like right? No, you know about right. Well, speaking of, okay, so let us know like why and when you decided to concentrate on or your interest in women's health and how you got into that. Yeah. So, um, so my background history, I, I'm from Minnesota. I grew up here. I was actually raised on a small goat farm. So did all that cool, Sounds cool like kid fun. stuff. It was, it was fun. It was an experience. I definitely was not one of the cooler kids though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Um, I was also an athlete growing up. I was a three-sport athlete in high school. Um, I played volleyball in college. So I'm, you can't tell. I'm 6'2", though. What? No I'm way. Yeah. No like, I'm like this big on your screen right now, but I'm, I'm yeah. enormous. I'm enormous. Yeah. If you scroll my, um, like my Facebook or Instagram and you ever see me with pictures with other people, they're not tiny people. <laughs> I'm just enormous. <laughs> so wait, what, what sports have you played? Right <laughs> um, so I played volleyball, basketball, and I did track in high school. And then I got a scholarship to play volleyball. All the um, tall Northern people Michigan. sports that I'm jealous. All the tall people sports, right. Oh. Totally. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I met my husband there. And then we moved back to Minnesota so I could go to grad school. So I went to chiropractic school in Minnesota. Um, I had my first two kids while I was in grad school. And then graduated, started a clinic, got pregnant again. And my youngest was actually a preemie. So she was actually born a couple months early. So in less than, in about a year's span of time, I had graduated, started a business that was not doing well, had a preemie and was just trying to make life happen. And it was after that, I actually started developing ovarian cysts. I had cysts that would burst every month. And for people who aren't aware, you actually ovulate on every other side, every other month. So like one month, like January would be the right side, February would be the left, March the right, you know. Mm -hmm. You, you can ovulate on both sides at once, but it's just not as common. But I could tell because I would get a cyst that would burst every other side, every single month. And that's very painful. I've had one. Yes. Oh, excruciatingly. It would put me on the floor. It, it but would, is it like a cramp? Um, it's like a sharp stabbing pain and you think you're going to die for a minute. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That was in my back. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they can have referrals to different places, depending on where the cyst is sitting mm -hmm. on the ovary sometimes and where the fluid goes after it bursts. Um, yeah, super fun that they're, you know, just excruciatingly painful. So I had that for about a year and a half. Um, during that time, I was, you know, and I'm a natural healthcare practitioner. I'm a chiropractor. I had a clinic. I was working. I was doing all these things. All my friends are chiropractors and naturopaths and acupuncturists and, right, they're all natural granola crunchy people. And I was on so many different supplements. I tried all these different things to try. Cause I was like, I can't figure this out. I can't figure this out. Why this is happening for me. Why I keep getting cysts. I can't get rid of them. And no matter what I did, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't go away and stay away. So finally, this was a, a, like, a, again, at that about year and a half point, my husband finally put me in the car and took me to the ER because he was scared I was going to die. And I was like, I'm not going to die. It just hurts. And I'm very stubborn, right? That's yeah. Doctors are the worst patients ever, ever, ever. And went to the ER and the doc was like, well, here's your Vicodin and here's your birth control. See you later. And I was like, well, you know, uh, like what, what else do we got? What else can I look at? I've been trying these supplements. I was taking like a basket full of supplements, like 35 a day trying to figure out what was going on. And he said, no, you just have a buildup of hormone. Best way to deal with it is birth control. And then here's Vicodin for pain. And I was just, just a bunch of Vicodin. He was like, yeah, well, like forever, you know, cause this is going to probably keep happening. I was like, well, that's not, that's not fun or ideal. Is there anything else I can, like, I, I have been really trying all these things. I've been trying, I've been eating super clean, pristine diet, like gluten free, dairy free, no red meat, no sugar, no alcohol, all this stuff trying to figure out what was going on. And I just, I couldn't get to the bottom of it. 
And he's, he was just like, nope, none of that's going to help. None of it helps. Just the birth control. And if not, then we're going to have to take out, you know, his, the other options besides birth control were, were either removing ovaries, the ovaries. Right. Yeah. Or as long as I kept getting pregnant, that wouldn't be a problem. Oh. And I was like, no, like we're done. That my, my family is complete. I don't need more children, but that seems ridiculous. So I left there feeling very, very frustrated, feeling like th- this isn't this isn't a solution. Like this this wasn't helping me with my problem. Masking it and just being doped up on Vicodin forever is not how I want to live my life. So I went home and I started diving into research, diving into more Eastern medicine than anything. I'm certified in acupuncture and, and Eastern medicine and Chinese medicine. And I started diving into fertility and hormone issues for women in Eastern medicine. And they actually go through and do different treatments each week of the month to help women regulate their hormones and cycle. With the hormone shift and change throughout the month, you really have four different bodies throughout the month. So for people who are eating, like eating the same, doing the same exercise every single week, you don't have the same body chemistry. You don't have the same hormones every week. So no wonder why women struggle so much with even just, you know, feeling good in their body week to week, because it's a, it's a different body, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys have felt this where you're like, oh my gosh, I feel really great this week. And then the next week you go and you do the same workout and you're like, oh gosh, that was, that was tough. Yeah. I didn't really think about it. Like um, how it does change, like the hormones change that fast. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did go to the doctor not too long ago and they did tell me that they noticed I had a excess estrogen, which I didn't even know you could have, I guess it's pretty common. A lot of women have that mm-hmm. and he suggested like for, um, my diet to be more of like, um, I guess like vegetables and like broccoli and, um, what else? Um, cauliflower, like he, well, we'll get into that later, but I yeah. did have some, but I also want to know, how do you do a hormone detox? I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So in looking at, again, all the stuff I recommend for women is really based on physiology first. How does your body work and function? And then how can we shift things to work with that naturally versus trying to force your body to do something it's not naturally meant to do? And in looking at detox, the estrogens, you know, progesterone, all hormones get detoxed by your liver, and then they have to get excreted from your body. So you have to poop them out. That's how, that's like the pathway, right? So for a lot of women that have say excess estrogen, you, you know, for some women they've, they've been on a pill or they've, you know, just been exposed to estrogens or stress or had kids, you know, whatever it may be, estrogen gets built up in your system. And if you're, if it can be a problem with your liver, if your liver isn't processing and doing its thing and helping that phase one of detoxification, then that's where it can get stuck and built up in your system. So you focus on then helping your liver clear out the hormones. That's, that's the first step. And then the second step is making sure that you're going to the bathroom every day. If you're not going to, so you can, if a step phase one, step one can be happening and the liver can be doing its thing. But if you're not pooping every day, if it's just sitting there in your gut, your body actually can re-upload that estrogen right back into your system. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I many women. You, know that you can have ex- excess of anything. I guess as you get older, does it get worse? 
Yeah. Yeah, it totally can. Again, as the body ages, um, you know, and the way our bodies deal with stress, it's really, really different. So it can be harder for our systems just to keep up with that natural, you know, detoxification on its own. So sometimes it just, it just needs a little help to catch back up where it should be. Yeah. It's super interesting. Cause like I said, like till now I'm like, Oh my God, I have to watch out what I eat. And um, mine is probably more than likely stress, for sure. Because I'm like, what else, you know? Right. But, but okay, so you got into this after mm-hmm. you all of your personal experience. And so you yeah. left the chiropractor uh, practice you had or had, and then you just solely focused on this? Yeah. So I started, yeah, exactly. I started with myself first. I took myself through this, like, you know, protocol of, okay, here's what I'm going to eat every single week to match with my hormones and my cycle. Here's what I'm going to do for my body week to week. It really helped for me. Like my sis went away and they haven't come back. And my, so this was after my youngest and she's 10 now. So like eight and a half years later. And I've not, I've not had another cyst and I've not had any other, you know, birth control or hormonal things. Right. So after it worked for me, I, you know, started seeing, you know, patients in my office, you know, I, you know, I saw a lot of women and they were like, you know, I'm, I'm trying this thing or I have this or, you know, Oh, I'm struggling with my hormones. And I'd say, Hey, well, I did this. If you want to try it, here you go. And I was just like making meal, like quick meal plans and little quick guides, like handwritten on sheets of paper and was giving them to patients. Just like, try this, try this, try this had so much success, had so many more people just coming into my office. And this wasn't something that I had set up my office to do. So I was treating women and doing this like over my lunch hours, trying to stay late, trying to like, okay. Cause eventually it started to like, just build and grow. And so many, oh my gosh, I want, I want to know more about this or how should I be eating or what can I do for my hormones? You know, what else? And again, I'm like, just on a piece of paper, just scratching things out. And finally I was like, somebody said, oh, why don't you write a book on this? I said, yes, let me do that. I write a book. Okay. Well, what time, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I got time. I got like three little ones and I'm running a full-time business. No worries. Yeah. My, so after about six months, I got like five pages done and I was like, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> so it was just one of those moments that, um, you know, I, I loved treating patients. I loved my office. Um, I did really well there. But in terms of the impact I wanted to make on the world and what I wanted to do for women and just the information that I felt like, you know, more women need to know this or just need to know that oftentimes when they struggle, just like you were told, there's an issue with hormones. And most women don't even know that that can be a thing first. And then what to do second with your lifestyle. Like, how can I live a healthier lifestyle to help with that? I was like, women just need to know that. So I sold my office and jumped into writing, speaking and working with women virtually to just get this message out because so many more women need the information, right? We all want to be healthier. Another thing is that not a lot of doctors check your hormones, right? Oh, you have to ask for it, right? Oh, I I didn't ask for it. My, my general doctor, thankfully he really does go in depth with your blood work. Mm -hmm. So he's the one introduced me to like my imbalance because the previous general practitioner, uh, practitioner doctor that I had a general doctor, she wouldn't test me for that. I've never knew about my hormones at all. So, mm-hmm. so maybe we need to start asking our doctors to check them. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's the thing where, again, my mission is just to really educate and empower women on their own bodies and physiology and give them enough information where if they want to try some tactics at home, great. And if they need to go in for something that you get enough information to ask the right questions. I mean, you shouldn't need to have a doctorate to go in and ask the right questions, but it's almost that way, right? Women have to be their own health advocates all the time because, right? I mean, when you look at the information that you've been given in your lifetime, I mean, everybody remembers that like class in fifth grade, right? We're, we're like, you split up the boys and the girls, right? Yeah. Alex is laughing. Yeah, I knew where you were getting at. I don't remember that class. Which you what class you talking about? Like said. Said. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. The birds and the bees talk. That one class right. that you had. Late guys. I don't think I had any embarrassing class ever. Yes, I, I think most of us are scarred. Yeah, a little bit, right? A little traumatized from that. But they split up the boys and the girls. You went through this thing, right? And. I don't know if it was a generational thing or something, but I mean, a lot of us, our parent, my, my mom never talked about this at home. This was just, nope, you don't talk about this. Don't, mm -mm, nope, not appropriate. Mm -mm. So we get this class at school and that's it. And then you might get a little bit more in high school, but other than that, what information do you have on your own female health? Not a lot, right? Unless you have an older sister or a friend has an older sister or... I mean, where, where do you learn information about your own body? It's You don't. You just have to go through it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah you way. don't. Yeah, and then you might Google something like, is this normal? Oh, my gosh. Uh, right. right? And then otherwise, women's bodies are portrayed in commercials or TV shows or movies or magazines. And oftentimes, there's either something wrong with the female body or it's portrayed as like, a, you know, a joke or there's, you know, how many jokes and punchlines made about female physiology. It's not actually helpful information for us. You know, that's the thing that's so frustrating. And our, our bodies and systems are so different. They function completely differently. And so my book, the first half of it, more than half of it is actually just kind of baseline education on here's the history of, you know, how, how everything is set up nutritionally for men and why it's like that. Mm -hmm. And then here's what's actually happening in the female body, just a very kind of cut and dry version of it. And then here's how you can just eat and exercise and pay attention to your body's cues and hormones. So you get to live this healthy lifestyle with your hormones instead of feeling like you're fighting against your body all the time. So then what, like, what's a sign, like, how would you know that you have a hormonal imbalance? Yeah, that's a really great question. So a lot of times some women don't know until they go in for something, but for some women, they notice, um, oh my gosh, my hair is falling out of my head. I'm getting hair on my face. I'm getting acne breakouts around my cycle. Sometimes it's cycle related, you know, you can be at my face right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, sometimes it's cycle related. Oh my gosh. Right before I get my period, I break out really bad. I get horrible bloating and terrible mood swings and I can't sleep. Yep. And then for a lot of women too, they struggle with, um, they struggle with weight loss. They're following, right. I'm following this plan. I'm following this protocol. I'm eating really good. I'm exercising and nothing is happening in my body. And because my hormones are messed up, I feel like I feel good in my body like one or two weeks out of the month and the other, the rest of it, I, I don't feel like myself. Right. 
Because a lot of us have gone through a time in our lives where we, like, you feel good. You're like, yeah, this is normal. And then something shifts and changes, sometimes in your 30s. <laughs> sometimes it's a little earlier. Um, sometimes it's a little later. But something shifts and changes and you're like, uh, yeah, my body's not responding at all anymore. Right. No, so, it. so then how do you reset that? Because that's what you talk about, that resetting your <clears throat> hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I look at the female body and everything, we start with the hormonal cycle. So um, I have a, I'm going to describe it here. It's sometimes it's hard to describe if you're just listening to it, but I do have a lot of videos on my YouTube channel just so people can kind of go through and get the visual of it. Um, the 28 day cycle, day one would be the first day of your period. And that can last, you know, three days, five days, seven days, you know, average-ish. Day 14 is about when you ovulate. And then, you know, day 28, average-ish, is when that ends and you start over again. Now, you can have a naturally longer or shorter shorter cycle. And I'm just going to throw this out right now because a lot of women are having this where because of the extreme amount of stress in the world right now that we're all feeling, our periods can be late or you can skip a period because when your system is under a lot of stress, your body actually doesn't ovulate. It won't, it won't ovulate. <clears throat> so keep that in mind that external factors matter to your hormones, Ext- external factors like that. They will shift how your hormones function and how your body functions. So with that cycle in mind, I really like to break it down into the first half of the month and the second half of the month. So before and then after ovulation, just to make it easy. And when estrogen is higher in that first half of the month, right? So this is kind of, you're, you get your period and kind of after it ends, estrogen starts to rise. Usually women notice they have more energy then, right? Your body can push itself harder during a workout. Your muscles recover faster. This is actually where if you're looking to like build more muscle and lean out more, this is where you could focus on lifting a little bit heavier, you know, really pushing those muscles because your muscles can recover faster. Yep. Like right after it's done. Mm -hmm. Yep. And for food, you're going to want to make sure you're getting enough protein in, replace that muscle tissue, have that build and grow. Um, At the same time, the other thing, and this is the Eastern medicine piece of it that I talk about your basal body temperature is lower. So most of the time women only care about basal body temperature if they're trying to either get pregnant or trying to not get pregnant. Yep, like basal body temperature. I take basal supplement because I heard it's great for anxiety. So I do that. This is so your basal body temperature is your like temperature that you take, your core body temperature that you take in the morning. Oh, got it. Not basil, basil. Okay. Different basil. Not the the plant basil. But I do take basil. But Alex, did you ever take basal body? No, I didn't. I had never heard of that. No. Okay. So again, these are things that I didn't know about this either. Yeah. Sometimes like these are, these are tactics that for some women, if they're trying to get pregnant and they're trying to track where their cycle is, they'll take their temperature first thing in the morning. So your core body temperature mm. first, you wake up, take your temp, write it down. Don't get out of bed. Don't drink water. Don't go to the bathroom. Just wake up, take your temperature right around the same time. Right on. You can track it in an app too, either way. And it'll be low, like from your, from when your period starts all the way up until you ovulate. When you ovulate, boom, your temperature rises. It rises like sometimes a degree, sometimes two. 
So if your temperature, like, you know, that whole first two weeks is like 97 degrees, it might bump to like 98.8 then the second half during progesterone, which is like so crazy that our system is that different, right? During the, uh, during the month. Um, but a lot of women don't realize that. So taking your body temperature, and this is, there's more stuff out there that you guys can, you know, Google or, or research, but cooling foods, you know, and talking about that during the estrogen phase helps estrogen maintain and work better in your body because mm-hmm. your lower body temperature. And then when you ovulate and your temperature rises, then your body's higher in progesterone. Progesterone, um, now not only do it can it can be tougher to rebuild muscle tissue, your digestive system slows down a little bit, so it plays into some of the bloating and other things there, um, but your temperature's higher, so your system can actually get into deeper fat-burning stores at that time too. So it's a, it's a different way to look at the system, but that's where I talk about eating warming foods and really leaning into that to help that progesterone production and maintenance during that time until, until you have your period and starts over. Yeah. Nice. So aside from a lot of protein and stuff, what other foods can you like how I was telling you that my doctor was telling me about, you know, a lot of vegetables and greens, but he mentioned a lot of cauliflower and broccoli, like yep. for estrogen. Would you know why? And, and what else could we eat? Yeah. So, um, cruciferous vegetables. Yes. That's what it's called. I wasn't going to remember that. (laughs) What is that? Cruciferous veggies. Those are, it's like broccoli, cauliflower, um, some like Brussels sprouts or cabbages, things like that. They have a lot of specific nutrient in it that helps your body with estrogen. Mm -hmm. Other things that are really great for that. Um, flaxseed. Ooh, I got to get flaxseed. Let me write this down. Flaxseed. Yep. (laughs) Oh yeah. Flaxseed um, is fantastic for estrogen and um, berries. Where do I put the flaxseed? Like in what? How do I use it? So, so my favorite way to do this, and I'm, I'm going to throw this in there. There's a ton more stuff out as well. Because again, I feel like this is just a little snippet of it. <clears throat> seed cycling, S-E-E-D, cycling, C-O-I-C-L-I-N-G. So seed cycling is another layer on top of like eating for your hormones, like I talk about. During days one through 14, you eat pumpkin and flaxseed. And days 15 through 28, it's sesame and sunflower. So just one tablespoon of each of those. So for you, it'd be, you know, if you're in days one through 14, you'd take a tablespoon of pumpkin, tablespoon of flaxseed. And I like to grind them up in a coffee grinder and I just put them in my shake in the morning. You can't really taste them, you know, but you can put the whole seeds, you can put them on a salad, you can put them in a smoothie bowl, you know, I sometimes make protein balls with them. Muffins. I've, I've used them as like flour. Oh, yeah. I've taken like half flour, half like pumpkin and flaxseed ground and made muffins with them. They, my kids love them, mm. right? So good for your hormones. Yeah. So you can throw them in anywhere, but that's a great way to add things in. The easy thing that I do is I just, on my Instagram, I have a, a whole highlights circle that talks about seed cycling and how I throw it in everywhere and how I prep for it and all that. So it's just some easy tips to do that, but that's going to be something that helps so much, not only regulate your hormones, but keep your system moving at the right level with them. Okay. I'm going to check it out in your Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You're sparking so many questions in my brain right now. Like as you're going, (laughs) (laughs) questions that we 
Like I have every oh, other question. I think this is going to be like a very long podcast if we do that. It's just so many questions. So what's your question? No, I just have no, like she's just sparking things. Like, so I, I had a lot of like fertility issues. So I did IVF and stuff like that. So now that it, as you were talking and you're talking about like progesterone, I'm like, okay, so many things make sense to me now that I had to do. So yes. So yes. now I'm like thinking about all of it. I'm like, okay, now all that stuff really does make sense to me. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And now so, that you're talking about the stress issue, right? That we're going through right now. I haven't gotten my period since I, you know, had the baby. And I'm like, man, it should, it's probably from all the stress that I'm going through. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Crazy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes. what, so do you have any tips for women that suffer from endo? Yes. Oh tell, my gosh! Tell yeah. us, because I I I've had endo for so many years, and I know that once I get my period back, it's gonna be terrible. So I need mm. tips. Yeah. So, okay, as I'm gonna try and be fast with this. So this is the thing though that I'm super excited about that you just had like light bulbs go off in your brain. Like holy cow, this starts to make sense, and you start to oh my gosh, like puzzle pieces fitting together. Right. Yes, this is the beginning. Like it cracks the door on you being like, oh my God, I'm going to go look this up more. I'm going to go learn more about this because this is going to be, it's life changing for women. When you start to apply a lot of the stuff to your physiology, it's amazing. And you start to feel good then all month long, no matter what. It's amazing. Okay. So for endo, seed cycling, fantastic. Eating for your hormones, fantastic. Because again, it helps that pattern regulate, lean into that ebb and flow throughout the month. A lot of times because we're so trained on having a male model mindset for nutrition and exercise and everything, thinking about, well, if my hormone level is lower here or if my temperature is lower and then it's higher, wouldn't I want to even it out? And it's like, no, you want to lean into how your body naturally functions. So eating cooling foods during the estrogen phase, the pumpkin and flaxseed, and then during progesterone phase, warming foods, and then the, the sesame and sunflower seeds there. Again, there's, I have so much info that people can just kind of quick look and, and start applying um, out there. But a lot of times with endo, um, with the stress-related things, it's looking at adaptogens as well because your system is going to be way more sensitive to stress. Any added stressors, all of a sudden, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire for you. Mm. Right. I don't know if you've felt like that where all of a sudden you're like, okay, I've been really stressed out. And then the next period you have is just horrendous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense now. Yeah. So instead of just focusing so much on endo or mm -hmm. all the things for endo, it's like you have to really work with the whole body and really work on stress reduction and adaptogens are group. Uh, it's a group of herbs that really help take stress physically down from your body. Um, one of my favorite ones is called ashwagandha. Well, I've it's heard marvelous. about this. I've yeah. Heard, yes. Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous for stress, for female hormones, all of it. Yeah. Okay. So Wait, that, is that a supplement? Hmm? What is that? Sorry, is that a supplement? Yeah, it's an herb. Again, a lot of these are like <laughs> Eastern medicine herbs. They're like Chinese herbs or Ayurvedic herbs. Um, I know it sounds like it sounds so weird and kooky. Like this sounds like like voodoo. I had somebody tell me that they're like this sounds like voodoo. I was like, <laughs> listen, like that that thing that people go do and they ayahuasa, hallucinate. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I was like, okay, <laughs> I know. No, it's nothing. It's nothing that cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, supplements. What other supplements do you like recommend? Like I was yeah. telling you, I'm taking basil. I'm taking mm-hmm. um, I'm taking magnesium, calcium, mm-hmm. vitamin C. I took I take vitamin D because I'm deficient, which I feel yeah. like everyone is. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I should be taking anything else. B12. I don't know. Yeah. So with the vitamin um, thing, the other thing to realize is that for women, it's super easy to be nutrient deficient, uh, especially with stress. So stress and, and if you have an underlying hormone issue, PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, you know, thyroid issues, your system is just more sensitive. And especially with stress, it depletes your body of these nutrients. If you are on the pill or have been on the pill, it actually depletes your body of nutrients like vitamins, minerals, one of the the number one side effects from the pill are from nutrient deficiency. So focusing on getting, there's actually a supplement. I'm not sponsored by them. I just think it's a really great supplement. Um, it's called the other pill. And it's a pill that is specifically um, designed to have the nutrients in it, like magnesium, that your body's deficient in when you're on the birth control pill. Are you looking it up? The other pill? Do it. It's- oh, I'm writing it down. But yeah. I mean, I'm not taking the pill, so. Yeah. Is it but only just, to take the pill? It's, it's, and you don't, I mean, not necessarily because a lot of women, these are nutrients that your system will get deficient in, you know, okay. from that. So, so just some things to think about that sometimes with women taking vitamins, taking things, and this is a, oh, I'll just, you know, this is a, this is a throat spray right here, but just as an example, any, you know, supplement here, all of these nutrition factors that are on labels, the nutrition labels, they're made for a 44 year old healthy male. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever been to the store and seen a lot of dudes just checking out labels? Like, Oh, I need 2% more calcium today. (laughs) No, men don't look at labels. Why are they made for men? Women look at labels, but they're made for men. So a lot of times the, you know, nutrient deficiency, it's not because women are doing it wrong. It's because what we're taking is formulated for men. So yeah. what are your thoughts on the Dutch test? Because I've heard a lot about it. It's it's a home hormone, right? Testing. Does, is mm-hmm. that real? Does yes. it work? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So... The, my favorite things about Dutch tests that show you, and, and this will just be a little snippet of an example. So <clears throat> that's something that I'll recommend for a lot of women, especially if they've already had like a blood test or even a saliva test, because it gives you a really complete picture. So for have you heard of like getting your saliva tested no. for cortisol? Okay. So, oh, I'm super stressed, or I think I have cortisol issues or adrenal issues. I'm really exhausted. And you know, I get so fatigued and all this stuff. So women will go in and they'll get their saliva tested because the test can come back really fast, but it gives you a snippet of the saliva information, meaning the cortisol that's total in your system and being produced only about one to 3% is the saliva count. So you can have a normal salivary amount, but the, what comes out in urine, which is a metabolite of that, it actually shows you what your adrenals are doing. Like it shows you the full output of it. So I can't tell you how many women I've seen where they're like, well, my saliva cortisol, I mean, it was a little low, but it was still normal. And then we look at their adrenals and that one is like off the charts, off the charts. And I'll be like, oh, so your adrenals are really working overtime right now. And then 
your body's not actually converting and getting it. So you're completely exhausted. So you might feel good in the morning, but right around, you know, you know, afternoon, evening, it's like all of a sudden you run out of gas and you're running on fumes. And then you're like, I can't even function. I can't even think what the heck is wrong with me. Your, your, you know, cortisol levels are off and they don't match. So it shows you more of a complete picture of what's happening in that pathway in the body. That's interesting. So this test, do you you recommend it then? If somebody, yeah, if somebody's having issues and they're having a hard time finding a way to um, Mm -hmm. navigate that, you know, for some women, like, you know, if you're like, oh, I, I'm, I guess I'm having a hormone issue, but I'm going to clean up my diet. I'm going to try some flaxseed or I'm going to try seed cycling. Oh my gosh, my cycle's super regular. I'm feeling really great. Super, you know, but if you've been struggling and you've been trying to do a bunch of things, then oftentimes getting a Dutch test will, it just gives you the entire picture. Like you get to see. Go to your doctors and ask for that or. So a lot of medical doctors don't even know about it or, and, or they won't do it. Um, so Dutch test, they have a great website. There's a lot of information out there. Um, I have some information on my website about Dutch test as well. Another person that, uh, has great info on it is her name's, her name is Dr. Carrie Jones. Um, she's a Dutch test practitioner. So her Instagram is just full of great info about Dutch test. Um, but yeah, a lot of times you're, so the, with like going to your medical doctor or your OBGYN and saying, Hey, I think I'm having a hormone issue. What they usually can recommend and, you know, talk to you about are things that go through your insurance. So insurance doesn't cover Dutch test. Right. So they won't necessarily right. talk about it. Yeah. But if you go in there asking for it, I mean, they can't deny it. Well, you have to be signed up to do with the lab, the precision with the company to do so to do Dutch tests. Right. So if they're signed up, they can. But I've I've done Dutch test readings for um, oh the last one where this guy he was a he was a podiatrist, but his wife got a Dutch test, and I did the report for her. You know, I talked to her about her results and everything, just because mm-hmm. he wasn't trained on it. You know, he's like, well, I'm a medical doctor, but oh. so. Okay, so that you can read it. Somebody can read it. Yeah. So I. So you just said okay. So if you go to your doctor, you can get like your blood work done, right? Because I've gone to the doctor and I've said I think there's something off, but all my blood work comes back totally normal. So then that's when if you want to trust your instinct, right? Your instinct and be like, okay, I know there's something wrong with me just because my blood work didn't come out like anything negative. That's when you should do the Dutch test then, because then it goes a little bit further. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a really good example of this for women who have hormone issues and you've tried something is um, like the thyroid test for some women. They're like, Oh my gosh, I don't feel right. I'm exhausted. There's something wrong with me. They'll go in and what's covered and what they get, you know, their standard procedure is that they test what's called your TSH thyroid stimulating hormone. And if your TSH comes back within normal, then they're like, you're fine. But I can't tell you how many lab reports I've seen where that's, you know, they're not actually testing your thyroid hormone, your T3, your T4, your antibodies. 
that's those are additional tests. And just because one of them is within normal doesn't mean the rest yeah, of them you, will be. But they don't. Yeah, test you're blowing my mind because I've gotten my thyroid checked so many times and it's always totally fine. And I'm like, but there's something wrong with me. I'm not crazy. Yeah. You have to ask and you, and sometimes you have to be pushy. This is where I talk about, you have to be your own advocate for your own health and say, okay, I know you're going to do a thyroid on me, but I I want a T3, a T4 and reverse antibody as well. Show me all the stuff. Now this is stuff. Again, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of words at you right now that you might be like, what the heck is that? A full thyroid panel is what oftentimes, you know, other practitioners would recommend. So it's stuff that, you know, if you like Google it, Google it, look it up, you will find so much more information on more specifics you can require on or for just your testing, just to see what, you know, this is what's, um, oh, what people call uh-huh. biometrics, the actual numbers on your body. And if you're not getting the whole picture, it's like trying to put a puzzle together, but you're given half the pieces. That makes total sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you because before the whole COVID situation happened, I was getting regular um, adjustments at chiropractor, which is Mm -hmm. really exceptional and it's it's good for your health. It helps, you know, different organs and it's like has a lot of you know positive um, attributes and 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 I also was having a lot of like back pain and. I feel like I have, and then the chiropractor's like, I think you have like pinched nerves. The pinched nerves like sometimes give you pain in like different areas. So can you talk about some of those benefits since, you know, you obviously are an expert in that as well? Yeah. So when we talk about chiropractic and the the philosophy and how everything works in the body, um, your brain is control of everything, right? It gets all the information. And then all that information runs down your spinal cord and from the nerves out to your body. That's the communication system, right? That's how it's hardwired. So if there is pressure on a nerve, if there is something off or out of alignment in the spine, that information, it just isn't going to come through hundred percent. So that can lead to pain. It can lead to other dysfunction. Um, it can lead to you know, just your movements not being as smooth. So once people start going to chiropractor, not only do like one of the most common things, they're like, oh, I feel better. Like I'm not in pain. I don't have this back pain anymore. But also your range of motion improves, right? And then because those nerves, like for the low back, nerves from the low back, they go to all your internal organs as well. So I can't tell you how many times I've worked with women that where they were like, oh yeah, I get really bad cramps. I get really bad cramps and they start getting their low back adjusted and then the cramps will get better because of that information that just gets through better because there's less swelling, your body's functioning better, right? When your body functions better, you feel better. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So how has it been not going to the chiropractor? Yeah, no, my pain is back. Right. I also have pain like on my, in my neck right here and then mm-hmm. onto my arms. I'm getting like numbing feelings in my hands. It's weird. Is yeah. that is that what? All connected, like with the nerves. Mm-hmm. It, that feeling. Yeah, the nerves that come to your arms and hands they actually come from like the base of your neck here. Yeah, I always feel like it hurts. Like I gotta crack my neck or something. So I definitely miss the chiropractor. <laughs> but you going will help me with those symptoms. Yeah, a lot of times it does. 
Yeah. So it's so funny. There's, um, uh, I know a lot of people right now, you know, everybody's working at home and we're setting up this home station. That's not necessarily good for our bodies. Right. Ergonomically. Yeah. Yeah. So of course everybody's like aches and pains and just not feeling as great body wise. So stretching, um, doing, Oh, um, and if you're looking for somebody to follow again, I feel like I'm throwing out a lot of things, but, um, Instagram stop chasing pain. Um, Dr. Perry, he's a chiropractor. He does a lot of, uh, like functional movement and really great stretching. A lot of great info on his Instagram too. If you're ever like, Oh my gosh, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta, sh- I gotta, you know, stretch or I gotta do something. What do I do? Dr. Perry has some great info. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. now we're all stuck at home yeah. and maybe not have the best situation for like sitting down for eight hours a day, you know, yeah. speaking of being home. Um, I don't know before we wrap, you know, anybody listening, maybe they're having some issues as far as like, you know, maybe boosting their, having so much anxiety and then boosting their immune system, helping us like during this time that obviously we need to rely on on the best immune system possible. Mm -hmm. Any possible, you know, any advice on what to eat or what, what things to include in your diet? Yeah. So I, with all this stuff and I've seen so many things about, you know, Oh, take this vitamin, take this supplement. This is going to boost your immune system. I'm like, Sure, but also keep in mind, the one thing that I always say is your health is cumulative. Your health is cumulative. So if you, in the past, say, two years have just not taken care of your body, not taken care of your health, have not been taking basic vitamins or eating good, you know, uh, if, if there is a virus going around, your immune system is going to be more susceptible to it, Right. So if you're already doing a lot of really good things, if you're like, yeah, I've been, I've been on a health kick. I've been, you know, going to the gym. Now I'm going outside and doing home workouts, but I'm still moving my body. I'm still eating pretty well. Um, yeah, I've not, I'm not drinking a lot more now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm staying hydrated. I'm doing all these good things still then sure. Adding in some of the, you know, like getting more vitamin C or just some of the basic immune boosting things are going to add that extra layer for you. But for some people, they're like, oh, this is a thing for, or like elderberry. Yeah, great. Elderberry is great. But if you're, if you've not been taking care of your health, if you've not been sleeping well, if you've, you know, is elderberry really going to be the magic <laughs> thing? Probably not. <laughs> keep recommending like a lot of ginger, yeah. other things. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I want to say there's like a list of probably like 50 things, right? Lemon water, ginger, like cinnamon, um, turmeric's really good. Yeah, right? Like all of it. Um, propolis is one of my favorites for immune system. It's bee, um, like bee pollen stuff. Fantastic for, for your immune system. I love that. Um, and of course, the like the basic vitamins. Yeah. Um, basic vitamins. But I think really the number one thing right now. So if you're somebody who's been like, you know, I've, I've been okay with my health. I've been okay, you know, taking care of myself. But I guess the stress really has gotten to me. And again, instead of focusing so much on like immune, 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 sure, take some stuff for immune, but also manage your stress because your stress, high stress levels and chronic stress for a long time will crap out your immune system real fast. 
right? I mean, we've all had that where right, it's like, oh, I've got this really big project at work due and I got to get it done because I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going on vacation. I got to get this stuff done. So you crank for like two or three weeks and you're like, oh, I'm getting it done. You go on vacation and you get sick. Yep. Right? Yeah. Overdoing. Yeah. So that's, I mean, one of the biggest things you can do for your immune system, I would say overall is keeping your stress levels in check. Yeah. Maybe incorporate meditation, have some timeouts where you just like disconnect, let go of your phone a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that could be a stressor. Yeah. Yes. But mm-hmm. where can people, you know, follow you? They want to listen to your podcast where you're at because I feel like you have so much more information to give and I'm sure you have a wealth of resources. So let us know where we can keep up with you. Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Dr. Beth Westy and I am on YouTube, Dr. Beth Westy again. And that's where I have sort of all my videos archived. I do a video four or five days a week on a lot of health topics. Um, so just, you're, you're right. It's like a whole resource library of things for people to start with. And I give a lot of info there where I've had women message me, like send me emails and be like, oh, I did this thing that you talked about and I lost 30 pounds, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's Thanks. Awesome. I'm like, well, then. <laughs> so there's a lot of info out there. Um, I have my book, uh, The Female Fat Solution, that's on, in, that's on Amazon. And then um, my podcast, The Female Health Solution, it's on, you know, all places podcasts. So... Yeah. Oh, and I have a website, which is just drbreathwesty.com. Awesome. And plus, we're going to like, you know, give all the information um, once your episode is out. But thank you so much. Super educational. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for reaching out to us on DM. You just, how did you find us? There's, you know, I actually look for podcasts and other things that I find inspiring. And if I will scroll through and I'll find things, I'll be like, ooh, I like that. I reach out. I don't, yeah. That's nice. Well, we were so happy to hear from you and that we were able to make this happen. So yes, yeah. thank you. So much. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, you guys. Hopefully this like sparked something. Oh, well, we're going to be asking you lots of questions. <laughs> don't worry. It's just the beginning of our, our forever <laughs> relationship moving forward. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you. I hope you guys are as, you know, um, feels as empowered to like take care of your health and really like, you know, learn more about it so that you can feel better and especially during these days. So we hope you guys are doing amazing. Thank you guys. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh yeah.